Good morning, Middle. Today's call to worship are words penned by queer people of color. Please respond after each reader with, to God be the glory. I guess it can't be too often that two people can laugh and make love too. Make love because they are laughing, laugh because they are making love. The love and the laughter come from the same place, but not many people go there. James Baldwin. Good morning. Tell them, tell them how you're never really a whole person if you remain silent. Because each of us has a little piece inside 
that wants to be spoken out. And if you keep ignoring it, guess what? It will get madder and madder and hotter and hotter. And if you don't speak it out, guess what? It will rise up and put you in the mouth from the inside. Our sister Audrey Lord. We will not go away with our issues of sexuality. We are coming home. It is not enough to tell us that one was a brilliant poet, scientist, educator, or rebel. Whom did he love? It makes a difference. I can't become a whole man simply on what is fed to me, watered down versions of black life in America. I need the ass-splitting truth to be told, so I will have something pure to emulate, a reason to remain loyal. Essex Hemphill. As we stand, you and I, at the shoreline of destruction, seeing in the distance the end of this American empire, there is but one way forward, old and true. Be not conformed to this society, nor kill yourself to make it love you, but be transformed by it, against it, by the renewal of your mind, body, and spirit, no matter the cost. Casey Gerald. Now, honey, the T is blackness. It is the essence of creation. It's a potpourri of the creative ingredients of existence. See, blackness unbought, unbossed, and unrestrained. It is the absolute building block of color, and from its presence, your presence, our presence, derives all things. Tobias Alawan Wilson. Just by the very nature of making the choice to be true to who I am, I am political. Sometimes that's all you need to do. Show up, be black, gay, and Christian in America, and actually say it out loud, and refuse to let anything or anybody take that away from you. Billy Porter. All that you touch, you change. All that you change, changes you. The only lasting truth is change. God is change. Octavia E. Butner. Black men loving black men is the revolutionary act. Marlon Riggs.
morning. Now it's time for the message for all ages. Uh, we'll be young and young at heart to join me and Martha here on the carpet. It's, thank you for joining me here on the carpet today. It's so great to see all your wonderful faces. My name is Roger, and you may not know me. Um, I am a queer black man of middle. And when I'm not here, I work with young people. One day I was working with two young people, around six years old, and one of them called me beautiful. Before I could say thank you, the other young person said, you can't be beautiful. You can be handsome, but you can't be beautiful. Well, I said, thank you, but I can be both. I wanna talk with you today about the words we choose for ourselves. Along with handsome and beautiful, I like the words sweet, and smart. Words can be like hats. Sometimes they make us smile. Sometimes they make us feel warm inside. <laughs> and some just fit. <laughs> can you think of words uh, that can be used for you that make you feel good? Peace. Okay, that's a, that's a good word for you. Does, he, does anyone have a word that they like for them? She asked me to say purple. Ooh. What? Purple? Anyone else? Well, there are also words, positive words, um, that I don't like to use for me. Um, like the word cute. It's a great word and makes lots of people smile, but for me, it doesn't quite fit. <laughs> Can you think of words, positive words, that don't fit for you? You're thinking very, very hard. Do you have a word? Probably cute also. Yeah, <laughs> it's not a, not a very popular one. I don't like the word fast about myself. Yeah, I don't like that word either. So when someone calls me cute, I say, thank you, but I prefer sophisticated. Uh, I like words like black and queer and Christian because those words make me feel good because I'm a part of those communities. You know, when everyone was calling him the son of God, Jesus called himself the son of man to make sure that we knew he was connected to us. So um, I would like all of us to think about words 
that we like that make us smile, make us feel warm inside. Marta's gonna pass out little pieces of paper and I want you to write down those words and I want you to put them on your mirror so you can see them, okay? Let's stand and let's pray. Dear Creator, help us find the words that make us smile, that make us feel warm, be and feel greater. Help us find the words that make us feel like we belong. Amen. Amen. Let's sing Sia Humba as we go back. Welcome to worship. We're so glad you're here. I'm Chad, and I'm one of the ministers here. And on behalf of our senior minister, Jackie Lewis, we're so glad you're here with us this morning as today we celebrate in worship queer black men. Amen. How many of you are here with us in worship for the first time? Ooh, wow, a lot. Tell us, where, tell us where you're from. From the UK. Oh, other places. Los Angeles, welcome. Others, I saw a hand back there. Someone? I live here. You live here, New York City. All right. The ushers are coming around to give you some information so that you can remain connected with us. So if you want to keep your hand up if you haven't gotten it yet. Um, there is a lot going on in our life as a church. We've started up our programming today in the middle. So we had a lot of groups meeting there. Please take a look at the center panel of your worship bulletin. You'll see all of the programming that goes on here, not only on Sundays, but all throughout the week. We want to lift up for you today some things happening after worship. So after worship today, our community hour is going to be pushed forward or delayed by an hour because here in the sanctuary, we're going to be doing some leadership training. It will be about situational awareness. So we'll help you to become leaders in our community. That'll be for an hour after worship today. So community hour will start after that. Okay, and you can see the times in your bulletin. And then come back. At 2 p.m., we celebrate Hispanic Heritage Month with, yes, with a presentation on arts and social justice within uh, female freedom fighters in the Dominican Republic. You don't want to miss this. It's going to be amazing. Ah, you'll also notice in your bulletin an insert that says, My Pledge to Middle Church. Take a look at it. Look it over. 
include this in your prayer life, you'll see this same insert in your bulletin for the next six weeks or so. So you'll have many opportunities. If you have questions about this, please let one of us know. These pledge forms help us plan our programming for the year. So when you're able to connect with us through this act of participating in our community, that helps us figure out what we can and can't do for the next program year. So please take it home with you or fill it out now. And thank you for your ongoing faithful stewardship. There's a lot more going on. Please go to our website at middlechurch.org. If you're with us online, welcome. We're glad you're here with us too. Good morning, Middle Church. This is the time where we pray as a community. And as a little boy growing up in Texas, this used to be my favorite part because they would invite us to come down to the altar and I felt like I had this immediate connection to God because I was at the altar looking up. But as I've gotten older, I've learned that God is everywhere. He's in the pews. He's up here with me. He's worshiping with you online. Hey, y'all. I have some friends watching that couldn't be here today. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to start off with a breathing exercise that's going to take us right into a moment of silence. And then I'm going to lead a short prayer that's going to bring it all together. Now, during the moment of silence, this is your moment to leave anything that has been weighing on your heart, on your mind, at God's feet. So I'm going to invite you to sit in any posture that's the most comfortable to you. Shake out that upper body. <sighs> Release, right? And we're going to take four deep breaths in through the nose, out through the mouth. So we take a deep breath in. Deep breath out. Take another deep breath in. Deep breath out. We breathe in light. Exhale darkness. We breathe in love. Exhale hate. Dear God, thank you for another day on this earth. Thank you for the beautiful and diverse community that is Middle Collegiate Church. Though today's teachings will be coming from a very specific demographic, may we all open our hearts to the universal message that me and my fellow brothers will be sharing today. And that message is we all just want to be seen. From the woman in the hijab to the homeless man on the train, to the child protesting for climate change, to the little young queer boy sitting in a church service in this moment, hearing a message that he does not belong in God's kingdom. Help us see each other. For if we are all created in your image, then we should look at each other as a reflection of you, no matter how different we may be from each other. Open our hearts by opening our eyes. Alice Walker writes, I think it pisses God off when you walk by the color purple and not notice it. I can only imagine how you feel when we don't notice the suffering of our brothers and sisters happening in plain sight. Yes, the voices of darkness are so loud right now, but you are louder and you are stronger. But we also know that you've empowered us to make the change.
we are the ones that we've been waiting for. And by truly hearing each other and by truly seeing each other, we can be the light in a culture that is obsessed with shade. And finally, I want to pray for my queer brothers that are standing beside me. Though we are leading worship today, I know a lot of us are still really wounded by people who said things to us proclaiming to be doing it in your name. And to not acknowledge that would not be honest. So let this be a place of healing and a place for, for forgiveness for every black queer man that is leading worship, that is singing, that is performing, to where we can get to a place to where we can truly forgive because they truly know not what they do. For all of your many powerful, glorious, and magnificent names, amen. Thank you, Matt, for that beautiful prayer. I just want to invite all of you to continue to pray with us. If you'll just stand as you're able, um, hold a hand as you are well enough to do so. Elbows are for touching if we have a cold. And let us continue to, to pray to our God in the prayer that uh, Jesus taught his disciples. Pray it the way you know it. Pray it in your own language. Pray it the way you memorized it. Or you can say the inclusive one in our bulletin. Let us pray. Ever-loving and holy God. with particular thanks for all the ministry and art that has already gone before us, and with particular attention to our visitors from here in New York and from UK, from everywhere you've come. Let's extend God's peace to one another. Peace be with you, middle family.
Today's scripture lesson comes from Corinthians 12, verse 12 to 31. The human body has many parts, but the many parts make up one whole body. So it is with the body of Christ. Some of us are Jews, some are Gentiles, some are slaves, and some are free. But we've all been baptized into one body by one spirit, and we all share the same spirit. And the body has many different parts, not just one part. If the foot says, I am not a part of the body because I am not a hand, that does not make it any less a part of the body. And if the ear says, I am not a part of the body because I am not an eye, would that make it any less part of the body? If the whole body were an eye, would you hear? Or if the whole body were an ear, how would you smell anything? But our bodies have many parts, and God has put each part just where he wants it. How strange a body would be if it only had one part. Yes, there are many parts, but only one body. The eye can never say to the hand, I don't need you. The head can't say to the feet, I don't need you. In fact, some parts of the body that seem weakest and least important are actually the most necessary, and the parts we regard as less honorable are those we clothe with the greatest care. So we carefully protect those parts that should not be seen, while the more honorable parts do not require that special care. So God has put the body together such that the extra honor and care are given to those parts that have less dignity. This makes for harmony among the members so that all the members care for each other. If one part suffers, all the parts suffer with it. And if one part is honored, all the parts are glad. All of you together are Christ's body, and each of you is a part of it. Here are some of the parts God has appointed to, for the church. First are apostles. Second are prophets. Third are teachers. Then there are those who do miracles. Those who have the gifts of healing. Those who can help others. Those who have the gift of leadership. Those who speak in unknown languages. Are we all apostles? Are we all prophets? Are we all teachers? Do we all have the power to do miracles? Do we all have the gift of healing? Do we all have the ability to speak in unknown languages? Do we all have the ability to interpret unknown languages? Of course not. So you should earnestly desire the most helpful gifts. But, but now, now, let, let me show you a way of life that is best of all. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks, Thanks be to God. A reading from Beloved by Toni Morrison. In this here place we flesh, flesh that weeps, laughs, flesh that dances on bare feet in grass. Love it, love it hard. Yonder, they do not love your flesh. They despise it. They don't love your eyes. They just as soon pluck them out. No more do they love your skin, the skin on your back. Yonder, they flay it. And oh, my people, they do not love your hands. Those they only use, tie, bind, chop off, and leave empty. Love your hands. Love them. Raise them up. Kiss them. Touch them. Pat them together. Stroke them. Stroke your face. Because they don't love that either. 
you got to love it. You. And no, they ain't in love with your mouth. Yonder, out there, they will see it broken and break it again. What you say out of it, they will not heed. What you scream from it, they will not hear. What you put into it, for nourish your body, they will snatch away and give you leavens instead. No, they don't love your mouth. You got to love it. This is flesh I'm talking about here, flesh that needs to be loved, feet that need to rest and to dance, backs that need support, shoulders that need strong arms, I'm telling you. And oh, my people out yonder, hear me. They do not love your neck unloosed and straight. So love your neck, put a hand on it, grace it, stroke it, hold it up, and all your inside parts that they just as soon make slopper for hogs. You got to love them. The dark, dark liver, love it. Love it, and the beat, the beating heart, love that too more than eyes or feet, more than lungs that have yet to draw free air, more than your life-holding womb and your life-giving private parts, hear me now. Love your heart. It is the prize. Good morning, Middle Church. Good morning. I'm uh, so honored and humbled and grateful to be, to stand in this pulpit this morning. Um, thank you, Middle Church. Thank you, Jackie. Thank you, Bertram. Um, please pray with me. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts be acceptable in your sight. God, my rock and my redeemer. Amen. So when I was four years old, um, I was sitting at dinner and all of a sudden I realized I could not walk. Um, I told my mother and my grandmother I couldn't walk. And they just thought I was just being silly and um, like I was like playing a game. So they kind of played along with me and they carried me to bed after dinner, they put me in bed, and after they put me in bed uh, and I fell asleep, they pricked my leg with a needle and there was no response. And so I was taken to the hospital and I was in the hospital for about seven days. And they did all this battery of tests, they did all of this stuff, and everything was inconclusive. And about seven days in, I could walk again. And so I went home. And my only real memory of that is like staring out of the hospital window, like into this like kind of nothingness. So, but three months later, I was back in the hospital with a severe asthma attack. And then the bedwetting started. So my body uh, was in rebellion. And I, I still don't know what happened to that little boy at four years old, but something happened. 
and I have these like occasional flashes, nothing, nothing real, but it's occasional. And the novelist Alexander Chi writes about his uh, childhood sexual trauma. He says, there was in me a dream of fear so powerful that I made a doll of myself to stay in my place and I ran away. The doll woke up, stretched, looked around, and believed it was me. Um, the readings today are all about the body. So Paul says, so God has put the body together such that extra honor and care are given to those parts that have less dignity. This makes for harmony among the members so that all the members care for each other. If one part suffers, all the parts suffer with it. And if one part is honored, all the parts are glad. Now, um, I'm not a biblical scholar and I'm not a theologian, at least not yet. Thank you, Jackie. Uh, but <laughs> it seems really clear to me that what Paul is saying is that our bodies are holy and that our bodies are part of the whole. Um, one of my favorite writers in mystics is Richard Rohr. He's a Catholic priest living in New Mexico. And he talks about churches, most churches either being heart churches or mind churches. They concentrate on one or the other. And he, and he says, rarely do the two meet. And according to Richard Rohr, the, the thing that's even more rare is the body church, a church that celebrates the body, uh, these incredible bodies that we have. And, and I look this morning at what Charles did and Ishmael and Malcolm and Jonathan and Johnny and Thomas, and I know that in here I'm in the heart and mind and body church. I don't know about you, but I feel very lucky to be here. Um, I read a book this year called The Body Keeps the Score by Bessel van der Kolk, and it talks about how long after something happens to us, our minds will forget, but it's always in our body. It's cellular. It's like in our DNA. And, you know, that kind of thing happened to me at four. And you can hold on to that trauma for decades, for a whole lifetime. And it can, it can destroy you. And you cannot drink or shop or sex or work or perform it away. I tried, believe me. And it sounds pretty bleak, but I'm here to today to say that in spite of all that, God is, right? So it seems to me that if trauma can be passed down intergenerationally, so can joy. So can laughter, so can healing. It's the only way that I can explain how 400 years after the first African slaves were brought over here in 1619, that my people can still be so celebratory. I mean, look around you, right? I mean, look at spirituals, look at Duke Ellington or Yolanda Adams, Billy Porter, go to a black barbecue, Beyonce, you know, come on. And, and in my life, nothing is more joyous and happy and loud and loving as my family when we all get together. You know, in spite of the personal and state-sanctioned trauma that we share. And the look on my mama's face when all of her babies are together could light this sanctuary. So in order for me to unlock my trapped body, I drank a lot for decades. And when I drank, I could do all the things that normal people seem to do so easily, like dance, like have conversations that weren't awkward, 
talk to boys. And for a long time, it was my solution in life and until it wasn't. And when I stopped drinking, I didn't know what to do with myself, with my body. And the first time a guy came over to spend the night, I was petrified. How was I supposed to do anything? A friend suggested that I bring God into the bedroom, which I thought was the most hysterical thing I'd ever heard in my life. <laughs> and I said to him, God ain't got no business in there. <laughs> and his comment back to me was, well, she's there anyway. You might as well invite her in. In one of our recent meetings of queer black men in the middle, um, someone in the group said that their sex life was anointed, something I'd never even considered. And, but how would I act if I actually believed it? How would I treat my partners and how would I treat myself? You know, and if that part of my life is anointed, what about the rest of my life? What about my work life? What about the train ride every day from Jersey City? What about, what about waiting in line at Trader Joe's and the woman in front of you keeps leaving the line to pick up one more thing and you have to kick her basket along? What about that? What, what if it was all anointed? What if it is anointed, you know? My, my queer black male body has been despised, been rejected by the world, by this country by the police, by some churches, by gay men in bars, and even more tragically, by me. But that's not what the Bible says, that's not what Paul says, that's not what Toni Morrison says. What it all says is that I am and we are children of God. And the incredible thing about recognizing myself as a child of God is that then I'm able to recognize all of you as children of God. You know, and the I cannot say the word specificity <laughs> of my queer black gayness is designed by God and delights God, and your particularity does too. And if we are all part of the body of Christ, we melt into God. So, therefore, we are able all of us are able to see ourselves in each other and to be mirrors for each other. And that's where the healing begins and continues. So my favorite new writer is a queer black man named Casey Gerald. And he's written a re really great memoir called There Will Be No Miracles Here. And most recently, he's written a story, an essay in New York Magazine called The Art of Black Escape. And it's genius. And he, he talks about never again wanting to see another black body being sacrificed for this country. He talks about the importance of resistance, but more important than resistance is renewal. And this isn't new. You know, Audre Lorde talked about it decades ago, and the Bible says, be ye transformed by the renewal of your mind. So my clearest conscious contact with God happens when my mind and my body are in the same place at the same time. And I wish I could say it happens all the time, but it just doesn't. I'm wired to run away. I'm, I'm, I'm wired to dissociate. But I'm equally as wired to be whole and to be integrated. And Toni Morrison talks about standing at the edge 
of the center and not being a part of all of that, standing at the edge of the center and waiting for the center to come to her. You know, I cling to that idea of my four-year-old self actually clings to the idea that I'm connected to a God who is that center and is that middle for me because God is. So a year ago, even six months ago, if you said that I would be standing in this pulpit preaching a sermon at Middle Church, I would have laughed in your face. The day after my birthday, you know? <laughs> uh, I would have read you to filth if you suggested that I would want to apply to seminary. I mean, two years ago, I wasn't even sure how I believed in God anymore, but that didn't matter because God is. And yes, racism is, and sexism is, but God is. And homophobia is, and transphobia is, but God is. And white supremacy, and Islamophobia, and anti-Semitism is, but God is. Climate change is, Donald Trump is, but God is. And also, also, Greta Turnberry is and Black Lives Matter is, and God is. Toni Morrison is, and James Baldwin is, and God is. Black men loving black men is, and God is. And I am, you are, we are, middle church is, and God is. To God be the glory, amen. How's everyone doing today? It's good to see everybody. You know, one thing that cannot be denied about this church is that queer black men here are gorgeous, talented, can sing, and can preach, amen. Amen. So I wanted to read a little love letter that I wrote to you all and to all the visitors about why I came to this church and why I stayed and why I love this place. And I'd love to honor this to the lady in red, who we call mom. Hi, Jackie. Hi. But I am on a time limit, so here we go. Hello, beautiful middle. I'm Antoine Hopper, and I'm an actor here in New York. I moved here after college, and for quite some time avoided showing my face in any church due to, due to the scrutiny faced in my hometown of Topeka, Kansas. Need I say more? I came to Middle Church on Homecoming Sunday in 2013 and I was hooked. The love I witnessed here, the rainbow of people and the community service and outreach programs, many surrounding social injustice really touched me. The Middle Church choir brought tears to my eyes as they sang a medley of Ailey favorites used in my favorite ballet revelations. This was a sign I felt and I came back the following week and the following week and later joining in November of 2013. 
I became heavily involved in our food pantry program in which a beautifully assembly of volunteers helped the community to get nourishing food from each food group. It was a beautiful thing with lines wrapped around the block through Elisa, who was our justice minister then and is watching from Boston. Good afternoon. And Jackie's love and encouragement to lead, I found a hobby of helping whenever I could. And because of this and more, Middle is now my home. I invite each of you who may be looking for love, love, and more love to join the movement here at Middle Church. You'll be loved and find so many ways to give love. We still work on food justice. Our hospitality team provides a nutritional light meal for all of us on Sundays. Butterfly meals go out to the hungry in two parks on Sunday. We're meeting today at two o'clock. And our momentum lunch, dinner, and pantry is now open on Mondays. We can use your hands and we can use your donations for these programs. Not only does your love feed people, your power, your work on climate justice, including rebuilding after storms like Sandy and Maria, your work against gun violence, and each year you make our revolutionary love conference happen. Your help fills this nation and the world with love and fairness. So I encourage you all to make a donation today and to see one of the clergy to welcome you to my family, our family of a bold, artistic, and amazing love through faith. Thank you. Dear God, dear stars, dear trees, dear sky, dear peoples, dear everything, dear God. I found them just as close as my breath is to me.
Please pray with me. God, we, there's probably not that many words for how grateful we are for the beauty in this place, the gifts in this place, the special tender spaces in the hearts of all the men leading worship today and how much they love you and how much you love them and how much you love all of us. So we give you glory, glory hallelujahs for this space and this time and this, this offering, this offering from, from our queer black men and also the offerings that are in these bags and also the offerings all of us give you all the time just a little, a little something, something God to say we love you. So bless us and these gifts that we can keep growing your reign of God here on earth and celebrating all the body parts. All the body parts. Amen.
So this morning we baptized a little Portuguese baby. Because that's middle. You know, you got your queer black men thing going on, and you got your Portuguese baby. Right now we have this baby, this beautiful baby, who's a Girl Scout who is collecting money for the people in New York City who can't afford to buy menstrual pads. So she's going to be in the social hall. This is our Soroya, who grew up here, who used to be a little baby, and now she's a big girl. And that's what we're going to do with that. This week and next week, help with that. See Soroya in the social hall, OK? You may, you may come here. Bertram and Jason are here today. We're so glad. Bertram helped midwife queer black men with me and Wesley, and I just needed to give him a big kiss for that. Right here. Thank you, Jay. Thank you, baby. Oh, my God. Really? I'm like as Holy Ghost, bite your fingers so you don't shout and stomp. Hallelujah type worship. Amen? Amen? Thank you for every dancer. All the dancers are all over the room now. Thank you so much, Ish, for the choreography. Thank you so much for all the words. Thank you for the prayers. Thank you for the sermon. Thank you for the singing. Holy cow. Thank you, John. Thank you, Dion. Thank you, Sniffy. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Basic. Thank you for that amazing music. Thank you for the readings. Thank you for the midwife thing. And thank you, Wesley, for the dream that came to your body that you then spoke into words. You called it Giovanni's room then. And it turns into QBMM, and you are an extraordinary container of all that is good and juicy and joyful and holy and fabulous. And gifted. Did I say gifted? And did I say holy? <laughs> thank you. Thank you. And, and, when you have a dream and you say it out loud, we're going to do that thing. We're going to do everything we can to do that thing because that's how we roll. You are the incarnate body of Christ, each and every one of you. God's container. You are a juice box full of God's joy. You, you are, you know, goldfish full of God's love. You are amazing. Splendid, talented, and God has called you also to dream dreams and heal the world. Do you have something, Wesley? I don't know, but uh, you know, the end of Color Purple, we, we, I've been saying, I don't think us feel old at all. <laughs> I think this is the youngest us ever felt. Amen. There is a leadership training about to happen. And as we segue into that, I just want to say there's no place like this in the world doing some queer black men worship. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. My two best friends when I was a little girl were queer black men. I didn't know it because I didn't have language for it. But Cortland and Daryl, cute as they want to be, till I knew they were gay. <laughs> Then they were still cute, but they just weren't mine. <laughs> so, anyway, God bless you and keep you. God make God's face to shine upon you. God be gracious unto you and give you peace. Sit down if you're staying, and please do. Amen. 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 Sit down. Sit down if you can stay.